Hello and welcome to Water Source, the podcast series from the catchment team here at Dorkamri Welsh Water. Throughout this series, we'll be exploring Welsh Water's proactive approach to looking after water in the environment. And we'll be meeting a range of partners to learn about what work they're involved with that might be relevant to our own, to see what we can learn from each other and explore ways of working together. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of our Water Source podcast from Dwood Cymru Welsh Water. My name is Dave Ashford from the Drinking Water Catchments team. A lot of work goes into supplying safe, wholesome drinking water for our customers and one of our project partners recently suggested a podcast to explain what happens inside our water treatment works would be interesting. So today I'm pleased to be joined by three colleagues from our water process science team based in North Wales, Samantha Fagan, Claire Parslow and Ben Marshall. But before we meet the team, just a few facts and figures to set the context. At Welsh Water, we're abstracting water from around 120 different reservoirs, rivers and boreholes. These catchments total over 11,000 kilometres squared. We are processing 830 megalitres of water per day. That's 830 million litres of water per day. And that's being processed in 61 drinking water treatment works. So that's a lot of water and a lot of processing. And thankfully, we've got Sam, Claire and Ben on hand to shed some light on what this involves. Good morning all and welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Morning, Dave. Morning. Thanks for joining me today. Um, let's get straight into it. Um, Sam, can you explain to me what a water process scientist is? Hi, David. Yeah, so so my role, I'm the process manager in the north on the wholesome water side of the business. The key role of our team is to ensure the highest possible quality of water is leaving our works at the lowest cost. So we do a lot of optimization work on the sites ensuring that we meet all our water quality parameters, but do that in an optimum way. Uh, we do some root cause analysis on any issues that might be causing our production colleagues problems. And I should be clear, we talk about drinking water treatment works here, not wastewater treatment. That's a completely separate part of the business. If we were to go into a water treatment works, Claire, what would we hear? What would we see and smell? Try and paint a picture for us if you can, please. Well, as you walk into any treatment work, straight away you hear like a general hum of the treatment process that's going on. Um, especially in your bigger works, you can hear compressors hissing, pumps pumping, filters backwashing, so they can be quite noisy. In your smaller works, you just hear analyzer pumps slowly ticking and maybe the trickling of water. Um, you'd see straight away probably the filters. Um, they come in all different shapes and sizes and then the main part of the treatment process. Um, you'd also see lots of pipes going in all different directions, all large and small, and lots of analyzers on the walls as well, which are constantly monitoring the um, quality of the water going out to the customers. In terms of smell, it tends to be like um, an earthy kind of smell because we're removing most of the organics from the water. Um, that's exactly what you can smell in the treatment works is the, the organics being moved in the, the sludge. So lots of soil uh, sediment. Um, yeah. And is there much variation between treatment works or are they all the same? Um, the general treatment process is generally the same, but each different treatment works has its own way of working. It depends on the water quality coming into each treatment works. Um, if you've got a river source, it can be a different, slightly different process compared to like a natural stream. 
the work that my part of the team do, we are working out in the wider catchments, working with communities, working with farmers and foresters, trying to improve the quality of that water in the general environment before it hits the treatment works so that we don't need to use as much energy or as much carbon to treat that water. But of course, that's a long term process and you still have to be able to guarantee the quality of that water every day, as Sam has already said. So you always need to be there as that backstop to ensure that top quality water um, at all times. Yes, definitely. It depends on the organics and loadings coming into the water, in, into the treatment works. So if we can get the organics um, lower, then we won't have to treat as much in the treatment works. So, Would you be able to explain a specific treatment process to me? So if it's sediment, for example, or pesticides, how do you go about treating those individual um, issues? For sediments, it's filtration process. So the water comes in. Um, we use a coagulant, which is metal-based, to remove the solid loading in terms of flock. It creates flock and then it forms sludge and gets scraped off the water. And then that water then goes on to a filtration process or clarification and then on to filtration. And then we disinfect the water and maybe use some UV on the back end, depending on if there's any crypto risks in the area. And then it's out to network for customers. So, Ben, is there any such thing as a typical day or is every day different? Uh, obviously, uh, the area we work in um, is uh, subject to some pretty extreme weather. So that's that's quite a determining factor in what we do. Um, the weather is extremely uh, influential on the water quality that we have to deal with at the waterworks. Um so that poses a lot of challenges. The catchments are quite flashy. Uh, a lot of sediment is washed off during heavy rainfall events into the watercourses or the reservoirs. A lot of colour is washed off. Um, and we, we do have to spend a lot of time reacting to those changes, uh, adjusting the works to, to deal with them and to treat the water effectively. Uh, obviously, with the seasons changing, the water quality can change as well um, as, a, as the groundwater to surface water sort of proportions of the Water in our rivers changes. The way we treat it has to change and we have to bring on different treatment chemicals. So it's a lot of uh, reactive work around that, adjusting uh, and just trying to find the, the best way that a water treatment works can deal with the particular conditions at that particular time. And is there much change throughout the year? You've, you've mentioned weather and the seasons, but is there much change in terms of demand? So is there more demand in the summer as people are washing their cars and watering their gardens? Yeah, exactly. And it can be quite, quite steep increases in demand, which we have to react to. The process might be performing well at a particular flow. Uh, but obviously, if you increase the flow going through that process, the load can drastically increase. And depending on the other factors at the, 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 the time, the, the works might struggle to deal with that. So with, with a tourist coming into particular tourist hotspots just for a bank holiday, uh, with, with the weather being particularly nice, a lot of people using water in their gardens, we can really see the demand step up uh, and we do, do again we have to react very quickly to that because I, I know that through the um through the covid pandemic a lot more people have been staycationing whilst they've been able to travel safely um and obviously we've all had to make adjustment adjustments much much adjustment you've had to make with the team not particularly it's been business as usual for us so we we still have to provide that level of service for our production colleagues out on the treatment works um, we have seen a, a huge increase in demand, which obviously puts pressure on our treatment processes. So that takes a lot of attention. But in terms of COVID restrictions, it's very much been business as usual, just ensuring that we, we, we keep the social distancing and hygiene practices on site, but providing that support daily. 
And what sort of water quality issues are we dealing with at the treatment work, Sam? A key one for us at the moment is taste and odour compounds. Um, they can be quite difficult to remove from the treatment process and quite costly. And obviously this links back to our, our catchments, um, MIB and Josmin. So it's, re- it's really key that we have uh, a good removal rate of those compounds to ensure that we, we don't have any, any effect on our customers. Another key one for us at the moment is herbicides and pesticides. That, that is a big challenge in our catchments, the use of those compounds. Uh, we have to have the ability to remove them at the treatment works and, and not have those compounds going through to the customer. From what I've heard, there sounds like there's no downtime in this process and you always have to be ready to respond. What do you find most rewarding about this job? Someone said earlier, just the amount of work that goes in um, to delivering the, the water supply. Uh, one particular thing I, I do like about the job is that um, we really do have to work as, as a team to, to sort of keep everything going and, and working well. And, and that's quite rewarding to, to, to work with good people and, and overcome these problems. What I like most is um, innovation. So we're, we're very much embracing new innovation now in water treatment. So with the Brexit issues and chemical shortages, we've had to look at new ways of treatment. And obviously with the increase in cost pressures on the business, we have to look at different ways of doing things. So that is a really interesting part of the role is embracing those different technologies and use of different chemicals. Oh, I hadn't realised that. The process is evolving constantly. Is it to be as efficient and cost effective as possible? Absolutely. As a key part of our role is it's is trying to maintain that standard of quality with the different pressures on us, such as, as the chemical shortages, energy prices, um, especially around power. So we, we constantly have to look at new ways of working and new technologies and innovation, try and be the best at what we can do. A lot of our assets are quite aging, so they, they take an awful lot of maintenance and care and attention. So trying to keep them going at the best quality can be challenging. Um, most rewarding, I think, is optimising the work. So you get great satisfaction out of something if you optimise a different part of the process and you can see um, a change in the water quality for the better. That's um, that's really rewarding. You mentioned taste and odour issues there, Sam. Um, we have had a previous episode in this podcast with our colleague Gemma Godwin, who's one of our customer acceptability scientists. And she explained to us that um, these chemicals, MIB and Josmin, that's going to cause these taste and odour issues, um, they're completely not dangerous to our health. It's just an aesthetic issue. It gives like an earthy mm. sort of um, and taste and smell to the water. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that for us. It's been really interesting today to get an insight into what happens inside the water treatment works. Once it's safe to do so, it'd be really good if we could come and visit you at the treatment works to get a bit more of an idea of the detail and the sights and the sounds and smells, if that's okay with you. Absolutely, no problem. Brilliant. Thanks, Sam. I look forward to it. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to tune in to our next episode of Water Source.